Hello and welcome to this profile episode of the History of Yugoslav Football Podcast. Once again, we're doubling up on our profiles, um, mainly due to the two profiles that I have being fairly short for you today. And they are both of icons of the 19th, well, late 1950s, early 1960s. Um, the first one we have is, of course, a partisan icon and one of the babies. Farudin Yulka Yusufi, and the second one is uh, perhaps Dinamo's icon of that decade of the 1960s, one of the club's most prolific strikers of all time, the legendary Slavin Zambata. But still, firstly, with Yusufi, Yusufi is somewhat unique ethnically to the podcast, and is undoubtedly the most famous of the Gorani people, and. First, I think it's worth explaining just what, a, what the Gorani are, given that they aren't a group that has ever popped up in the timeline since, and they aren't going to again. But the Gorani are completely distinct from Serbs, Kosovars, and also Albanians. The southernmost area of Kosovo is wedged between Albania and Macedonia, and in this tight little bit, the Gorani are the predominant ethnic group. Gorani itself derives from the term Gora, meaning hill, which places the Gorani as highlanders. Perhaps a clearer term for them is what they're known as in Albanian, Potura, which literally means not Turk, and is used for Islamized Slavs. They speak their own language, Gorani, which borrows words liberally from the languages around it, and their population is now primarily spread evenly across Kosovo, Serbia proper, and North Macedonia after the various conflicts in the region made many refugees. In short, if people describe the region as a whole as a melting pot, the Gorani are the spoon. Born in 1939 in Jri Potok, Yusufi moved to Belgrade at an early age and would begin in the youth ranks of Pobeda Belgrade, Pobeda meaning victory, before attracting the attention of Partizan with whom he would make his name. Starting out as a striker before joining Partizan as midfielder and then eventually being put into service as a right back being converted by then Partizan boss Florian Maticado. Yusufi was a rarity at the time, not just a specialist fullback, but a specialist fullback who was comfortable on both the left and the right. It was his versatility that made him so essential both for club and for country. Yusufi was one of the first of the baby's generation to break into the first team at Partizan and one of the first to break into the national setup, winning the first of his 55 caps in 1959. Much of his career would be as a right back, collecting four first league titles, playing at the 1962 World Cup, Euro 1960, and of course being part of the side that won gold at the 1960 Olympics. Like many Yugoslav players, after leaving the nation, he would go to Germany, and Yusufi would put in over 100 appearances for Eintracht Frankfurt before moving to Germania Wiesbaden, getting his coaching badges while playing, uh, and then moving to Dornbien. After retirement, he would move into coaching, getting relegated during his spell at Schalke, before spells at Wattenschied, 1860 Munich, and a season in the dugout at Partizan, taking them to second in the 87-88 season. He would then move, after football, into food, opening a restaurant in Frankfurt. Taking on, after his main career, what was the family business. Yusufi's father had been a pastry chef who would own his own confectionery in Nice, 
and Yusufi would retire to a peaceful life outside of the public eye. For Sam Barter, he's a very different character. Born in Sin in 1940, Sam Barter was picked up at 19 by Dinamo after breaking through at his local side, Junak. Initially, he would catch the eye not of Dinamo, but of Hajduk, even having a trial at the club and playing in Baido Vukash's return match to the club, having Vukash assist it for him in a friendly. In spite of clearly playing well alongside a true Hajduk legend, Hajduk's interest never turned into a permanent deal, and Dinamo took Zambata on a couple of months later. He was thrown into the team almost immediately on joining, and on debut was pulled from the field after being so excitable he threw himself into a challenge with the opposition goalkeeper, breaking two of the keeper's ribs. At the club, he was known for work rate ahead of his finishing ability to the point where, after missing an easy chance against OFK, he was asked to stay behind after training and to have his technique rebuilt from the ground up to the point where he was retaught even how to kick the ball. The results would be spectacular. Over the following decade at Dinamo, Zambato would collect four Yugoslav Cups and the Fairs Cup as he would score 267 goals over 393 appearances for the Zagreb club, captaining the side for much of that period. For the national team, he scored 21 over 31 appearances. When it counted, he turned up. He scored six goals in Dinamo's run to the Fairs Cup in 1967, along with being the man tasked with picking the side for the coin toss in their first round win over Birno. Uh, a coin toss which we've obviously discussed in much more detail um, in the main timeline when we went through Dinamo's uh, Fairs Cup win. Zambato would also score 41 goals in total in the Yugoslav Cup and would be the only player for Dinamo ever to score a hat-trick against all of the other three members of the Big Four in Hajduk, Zvezda and Partizan. After Dinamo, he would move to Belgium for two years at KSV Vargen and a season at Crossing Elevite in a pair of spells that would see Zambata's body ravaged by meniscus injuries, leading to his retirement in 1973 due to the operations required on his legs following injury and surgery which literally removed his meniscus in 1966. On retirement, Zambata became an agent, a fitness coach, and a writer. His cultural impact was notable beyond football also. Zambata was an extremely keen music fan and when going on jaunts outside of Yugoslavia would stuff his luggage full of Western records which he would listen to and then pass on to Radio Zagreb, building a entire radio station's playlist from his own personal record collection. Most recently, Zambata has been putting himself at the front of pieces of coronavirus prevention publicity, detailing his time in self-isolation and the experience of friends with the disease to encourage people to adhere to lockdown. As well we all should. So there we have our profile episode for the month. Two very different figures, one in Yusufi who 
retired into peace and quiet and one in Zambata who even to this day is still a very active participant in Croatian and in society throughout the region. Thank you for listening and I'll catch you next time.